Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Are you guys good? I'm going to sneak a drink. Y'all don't know, last Wednesday night when I went to go preach, I was in such pain that I went to urgent care and um, before, before the midweek service and I couldn't handle the pain anymore. And I was like, I was like, you know, I'm a man. I can take this pain. And like I've seen my wife. She, she's had sciatic issues. She's navigated the pain. Oh, my goodness. Do, honey, forgive me for not understanding what you went through. My goodness, that was horrible. And they loaded me up on, on roids. I've never been on any of that stuff. Put, put me on, I started doing push-ups to see if I would swell up a little bit, but it didn't happen. But man, God just saw us through, and, and, and God's doing a wonderful new thing here at Restoration Life. You, you could sense a fresh wind of his presence in this place. And we need to contend for that, protect that. And be all about that because without God's presence, it's all for nothing. Moses even said, if your presence don't go with us in the promised land, we'd rather stay in the desert with you than in the promised land without you. And so we need God's presence. Amen. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of having a spiritual son home for today. And God's been doing incredible things in Atlanta through Pastor Max and Teresa and the Marquez family and the Murphy family and the now Pineda family. And I, I, I can't do it justice. I'm going to let him talk to you about it. But would you give a warm welcome home to Pastor Max this morning as he comes? Come on. you stand for your feet, stand on your feet and make a joyful noise for Jesus in the house today. I'm glad to be back in the house, but we know Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. God is moving here. Will you give God a shout of praise this morning? Oh, come on. No, I just said give God a clap. I said give God a shout of praise because he is worthy. If you've been set free, if you've been delivered from sin, give God a shout of praise. Come on. If your family's been restored and you've been healed, give God a shout of praise. Because he is king of kings and lord of lords and worthy of it all, give God a shout of praise. Come on, church. Man, 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 man. Just stretch your hands to heaven this morning as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in community as brothers and sisters united by the grace that you have given us. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your love, your unfailing, unconditional love that you gave to us when we did not deserve it. Thank you for redeeming us and atoning for our sins. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for what you're going to speak to us. Our hearts are prepared. Our minds are ready to hear from you today. May your word and your message go into our hearts and go into action. We come expecting today, expecting for conviction to fall upon us. Not to ridicule us or to demean us, but to restore us to your will. Thank you. Thank you. Have your way in this place. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all of God's people said. Come on, give God praise one more time in the house. Go ahead, go ahead, grab your seats, grab your seats. We got some, what up, what up, what up? Man, man, it's so good to be back home. Church, you look beautiful, you look good. You look good. I know y'all looking up here, you're like, you look sick. I am sick. Look, until you've had Georgia biscuits and gravy, I don't want to hear it. They got peach cobbler French toast out there. What do you think is going to happen, man? It's a, it's a losing battle. It's so good to be here. I want to welcome everybody here today. I want to welcome everybody tuning in online. Big shout out to all of our Atlanta family. Holding it down. Shout out to our Austin, Texas family. Holding it down. San Diego holding it down. Washington holding it down. Guys, like, look at it, look what we're doing. We're kingdom, we're, we're nationwide and soon to be worldwide because I know there's disciples in here that God has spoken to to do a work. And I'm telling you right now, trust in what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Step out on faith. It's going to work out for the kingdom. We serve the kingdom and I'm honored to be able to do that. Briefly, I want to be able to share some things with you that's going on in Atlanta. First and foremost, I want to thank our lead pastors for trusting the work there to us. Thank you for your support. I'll be calling him up all the time like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm about to elbow drop something around here. I don't know. But he just, the, the confidence that he gives me and be able to help me grow in wisdom and understanding to do this work has been unbelievable. But it's been it's been unreal. I can't even really put into words what God is doing out there so I can, I can show you better than I can tell you. So we got things started uh, on Good Friday this year. That's the first thing we did. We had our first gathering at our house on Good Friday. I think we got some pictures here. And so the first thing we had at our house was a Good Friday, Friday gathering. We had over 20 people in our house. That's not including our team, but that's just other people who decided to come and be a part of what God was doing there. And... It was an amazing time. We, we broke bread. We had communion. And we started to build relationships. And of those 20 people, they still come. They are still coming. And so we had a great night of worship, a great night of prayer and community. I always love when people stay after they're not eager to get out of the house. And it's not like I had a bunch of food because we ain't got it like that yet. But they just wanted to be in community. So we got to have that event. And then from there, we... we decided to, to start having life groups and also uh, move into our Sunday sidewalk service, which we've been having. So Teresa, and you know how much she loves kids and loves family. So she's like, I want to do something for the family. What can we do for the family? I'm like, I don't know. What do you got in mind? She was like, what if we have service for the kids at our house on Sunday? So once a month on the last Sunday of the month, we bring the neighborhood, all these kids and stuff from our neighborhood. And what I want to say to you with that, just hold right there, is you can make impact where you're at right now. Your neighborhood is your field of serving. 
See, it's not always about what you do here at the church, but your neighborhood. And I'm telling you this from a person who's not comfortable with going around to neighbors. One, people freak out when they see me. I'm not the dude that knocks on doors. <laughs> like, imagine this showing up at your door. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, my God, it's should night. Like, people freak out. <laughs> so I, it's just, it's not a good look. But... You know, the Holy Spirit compels us to step out in faith. And even for me, having done this as many years as I've done this, I have to go to places that I'm uncomfortable. And because of that, we're seeing fruit. We're seeing fruit. We've had 20-plus kids at our house plus their families. The first one we did got rained out. We all had to go in the garage. I thought everybody was going to go home. No, they just all went into my garage. So they hung out there, and we've had a great time. Then we had our next interest night in July. It blew my mind. Over close to 30 guests. Now, again, not our team, guests. These are people we've outreached to, our neighbors, people we're building community with, and we just shared the mission and vision of the house, and they're like, I want to be a part of this. And I'm telling you right now, you have the ability to do this here. And it's happening here because I'm, I'm seeing the church grow. First service was awesome. It was big, and they, they rowdy now. I'm like, yeah, let's go first service. No more, no more distinguished first service. They're loud. 1130, y'all just off the charts rowdy. I'm for it. But I know, I know we're more than capable of filling this building to the brim. I know you're capable of that. And that's really what it comes down to is just sharing the mission and vision of the house. Sharing the gospel, proclaiming Jesus, that's all it is. We don't have to overcomplicate it and we're already seeing fruit happen. And there she is. There you are. Where you at? <laughs> there we go. I knew you was here. I knew it. Here's what I want to say to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, because we cannot do this without your support, without your prayers, without your love. Thank you for those who just message us to check on us. Thank you for those who financially support us. Thank you for those who just pray in the Holy Spirit that God be with us. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Atlanta is going to be restored for the kingdom because of what we are doing. Amen. So with that, you guys ready to get into it today? All right. Go ahead and get your Bibles out. We are a Bible-preaching church. We preach directly from the Word of God. So there's no confusion. So go with me to John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. All right, I want to set this up. For the past several weeks now, we've been having this discussion of freedom in our church. I've been loving watching you guys and watching the messages. So proud of you. <laughs> I watch. I'm proud of you. But we want to communicate what it is to walk in biblical freedom. What does that mean to have freedom in Christ? And today I want to unpack that a little bit more, that we walk away with an understanding of what is expected of me and also what do I receive by walking in this freedom. And so we want to go back and we read this scripture a couple of times during this series and we want to ingrain this. So in John chapter 8 verses 31 through 36, we see Jesus having a conversation with some of the Jewish priests here. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who have believed him, if you abide, everybody say abide. In my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will. And the truth will. All right. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. 
The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Freedom from sin, freedom from shame, freedom from darkness, all hold more weight than the freedom that we receive from the Constitution, from the Bill of Rights, from any law or any structure or system that man can create, period. There is no social movement that man can create. There is no civil liberty that man can create that will outweigh the freedom that is received in Christ. Would you agree? The problem that faces us in particular, Americans, we love our rights. I got my rights. I got the right to say what I want. I got the right to wear what I want. I got the right to do what I want. I can have a gun. I got a lot of them, so I know I like my rights. It's amazing how fast that, that 12th grade government class comes back when you get pulled over. I did not submit to search and seizures. It's the Fourth Amendment. We love our rights. The problem that faces us is that we prioritize our rights over the word. The Constitution has become scripture to us. We, we rather abide in the law of man or social understanding than put ourselves under the covering of the word of God. So here's what the first thing I want to point out. The only way to walk in freedom is to understand this. Freedom comes by truth. Write this down. It's the first point. Freedom comes by truth. Only those who hear the word of God and abide in the word of God truly experience freedom. You can't just hear it and not do it and think you're going to walk in freedom. I don't care how many podcasts you listen to. You can't just hear it and not walk in it and think you're going to walk in freedom. You have to abide in it. Look, let's go back. What's the first thing Jesus said? He says, if you abide in my word. What does abide mean? It means to remain in, to be steadfast in. It's not you can hold on to my word when it's convenient. You can listen to my word when it feels good. You can take the parts of my word that you like, that you enjoy, that satisfy your flesh. Those parts you can use and everything else you can throw out. He says, abide in my word. Remain in my word and you will know freedom. We have to be able to understand and know that the word of God is true. It is complete truth. There are no errors it is, the, the problem that it is, it's our understanding and what we want to accept. I don't like that part of the word, so I'm just not going to accept that part. I don't want to turn the other cheek. I don't want to forgive them. Whatever. I don't want to submit. Hush fell over the crowd. In the book of Acts, as the church is being built, we see that it is written... That the followers began to, to devote themselves to the teachings of the apostles. So it is showing clearly that as the church is being built, there is action taking place to what is being taught. So it's not enough just to come here and sit down and like, okay, cool, I came, I checked in, I'm good. We have to apply this. To know the word is to know truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's why at our church we have so many platforms and outlets that focus on teaching of the word. 
But even with everything we have, with RLU, with DNA, with life groups, with kids' life, with youth ministry, until you take it home and apply it on a daily basis, it means nothing. Until you take the word of God and you put it inside of your house and say, my house will abide in the word of God, it means nothing. You have to wake up and know, I need the word of God today because my flesh is acting up. My boss is tripping. I'm about to fight him. Because some of y'all right now are like, I swear tomorrow is Monday. If he come up to me. When, if you clapping in the car, you need to be in the word of God. I'm telling you now. If you clapping in the car on the way home, I wish these kids would not clean up this house. Watch what I do to them. You need the word of God. And we're going to get into, even us as parents, how we need to be abiding in the word when it comes to communicating, even with our kids. Because, man, they will push some buttons. I got a teenager now, and he got the, he's like 5'7 now and like making eye contact with me. I'm like, this, this ain't going to go how you think. Here's the thing. We know that the word of God is truth. But sometimes we want to hang on to the lie because the lie brings us comfort. Because the lie aligns with our ambition. Because the lie fits the narrative of our life. So we go along with the lie even though we know it is. And some of us were believing lies that we just heard. Because they, they sound catchy. You know we got the Christian catchphrases. Everybody speaking Christianese and come up with stuff that ain't even in the word, but it sounds good and it makes a good hashtag, so we roll with it. And you wouldn't be falling for this deception if you know your word. So there's two parties here, either those who believe lies and abide in lies or those who just choose to remain ignorant. In the year 2023, there is no excuse for ignorance. I'm sorry, it just, we have access. Every single one of us, you literally walk around with the Bible. Or you could. It's just one download, and it's free. And even if you don't want to download, there's Google. And you can just type in Bible, and it'll, it'll give you every translation. And not only that, for the first time in history, we can have access to the Greek, to the Aramaic, to every single thing. So ignorance is a choice. I love this quote. It says, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. If you think obedience is hard, try sin. See, because the thing is, we don't think about the consequences of sin while we're in sin. And then after it happens, why, God? I literally gave you books, plural, how to do this. But we've all fallen short of it, right? But the thing is, it's because we choose not to abide in it. The enemy comforts us with lies and deceit, all while leading us astray, eternally separating us from God, guaranteeing our demise. And as I, I, as I was unpacking the scripture, and I can't say with 100% certainty, but as I was just reading it over and over again in John chapter 8, I started to think about something as they respond to Jesus. Listen to how the Jewish priests respond to Jesus. They said, we are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And I thought to myself, I'm like, were these guys literally trying to lie to Jesus? Because, I mean, like the whole front half 
of the Bible is y'all in trouble. Enslaved, like there's a whole book, Exodus, y'all, you forgot, right? There, there's many times this happened. And I started to just think, and like I said, I don't know this for sure, but is it possible, because after the book of Malachi, there's a 400 years of silent period, is it possible that a lie was told that these people were obedient to God? And they were always followers of God. And they never did any wrong. And they were always good. And time after time as it went by, they just began to believe it. And so now, here are these people who are caught up in this lie. And the reason why they told the lie, because the truth hurt them. Because it was too much to bear that you were disobedient so many times that it's led you to captivity. And that's what happens. That's why we believe a lie. Because the lie feels good. And sometimes the truth hurts. We don't open the word of God because sometimes the word of God convicts. It's always those moments, right, when you like right up on the cusp of sin and you come across somebody, post the scripture, you're like, dang it, I didn't want to see that today. <laughs> I, I didn't want to hear that. The, the right video will pop up. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit will try to get a hold of you right before you sin. And then sometimes we do it anyway. And we walk right in. Why? Because we're attached to this lie. I can have my cake and eat it too. I'm attached to if I just do good enough, if I'm just a good person, if I just work hard enough and God knows my heart, then I'm good. Here's what you don't realize. You just bought into the lie of good works. And you made yourself a slave to good works. You cannot work yourself into heaven. Here's a question. How many good works are needed to get into heaven? If we're going by good works, how many do you need? Is it five a week? Is it, is it like your regular work schedule where you put in so many? Do you get a vacation from good works? Do I get overtime for good works? You know what's amazing about good works and when people always judge themselves by the work that they do, how good they are? Somehow everybody makes it. Somehow everybody is good enough. Somehow we all do just enough to make it, but nobody can tell you how many or what is required to make it, but the tr that's a lie because we're not saved by good works. We're saved by grace through faith. We're saved by what Jesus did. But that's a lie that we believe and that's what's been told to you since you were a kid. Be a good person and then you'll go to heaven. That's a lie and it will put you back in chains. Here's another lie that we believe. We believe that if I go to church regularly, if I serve on team, if I'm part of the ministry and I go to life group, and I'm, I'm locked in. I take communion. I know the songs. I got the shirts. We think that redeems us. I want to tell you something. You just made yourself a slave to religion. Systematic practices that remove faith is not abiding in the word of God. To abide in the word of God is to walk in faith. It's to believe in his power, not my own religiousness. Got your calendar up? Did we check off all the boxes? How many, did we meet our quota for showing up? I did this many prayers and this many Hail Marys and none of those things matter. We read that earlier. Pastor Eddie preached on this in Galatians 5. When the Jews were trying to start circumcising again. They're like, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you putting on the yoke of slavery again? Why are you going back to religion? All those laws, all that stuff is covered under the blood. It is not what saves you. 
This is why we have to proclaim the gospel to people. So many of us are running to go to my church, go to my church, go to my church. Share the gospel with them. Proclaim Jesus to them. You are the church. You're right there. You're full of the Holy Spirit, so why are you telling them just to go to church? Don't get me wrong, it's good to invite people out to church, but be the church. Don't make yourself a slave of religion. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lies of deception. These are all things that God, that the devil is trying to do and to push you away and to guarantee your demise. Here's the second thing that we have to understand. The freedoms that we receive from God are paramount in our lives, right? So, in America, you may have the right, but you have to choose to sacrifice the privilege. You hear what I said? You may have the right, but you have to choose to sacrifice the privilege. All sins can be forgiven. That is true. That's what the word says. It says that all sins are forgiven through grace, but we shouldn't abuse grace. You don't trample on grace. And here's the second thing. Even though there's forgiveness, there's still consequences. Sinful behavior still has consequences. It's like this. like somebody robs a bank, right, and they're before the judge, like, oh, judge, I'm sorry, you know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I shouldn't have did it. It was bad. Can you forgive me? Employee workers, can you guys forgive me? They're like, yeah, you forgive me. Oh, good, man. All right, I'll see you guys later. I'm out of here. Whoa, 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 where are you going? Well, you said I'm forgiven. Yeah, you still got to go to jail. <laughs> there's still consequences. You think you can curse out your wife and belittle your wife and then be like, babe, forgive me. There's going to be consequences. There are going to be things that fall out. There's going to be trust issues now in the family. Things have to be repaired. If I smash a vase, even if I glue it back together, it's still going to have some integrity issues. Until I melt it all the way back down and let it be reformed and reshaped. And that's what God does. The thing is we have to allow ourselves to be broken before God and put ourselves in his hands to be reformed and reshaped. Do not abuse the freedom that you have. As a matter of fact, we should sacrifice those freedoms that are given to us by the laws. Here's what Peter says. He says, live as in 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you guys to go and read this stuff because it's important. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, it says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, all things are lawful for me, excuse me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. The rights in this country do not take priority in my life. The word of God takes priority in my life. I got the right to say this, and I got the right to say that, and I, I could wear what I want, and I could do what I want, I could be. These are things that the Constitution say you can do. I got my rights. We're far too attached to these rights. And the thing is, we'll, we'll, we'll take Christianese and we'll sprinkle it over our opinion, Right? Because some of us, we, we voice our opinions way too loud because we got the right to do so. We get nasty with people because you got the right to do so. And I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about in your family. It's crazy to me that our spouses get the worst versions of us. That you're your best self when you're at work. You're your best self when you're around your friends. But you come home and you're nasty. 
I don't like this. I don't like that. Just because you can say it don't mean you got to. Any married man knows this. Babe, does this look me, make me look fat? Well, I don't want to lie to her, Pastor. Shut up. Shut up. You are dumb. You don't have to lie to her to tell her you're beautiful, babe. I love you. You rock that thing. Here for it. It's, it's like, imagine if my kids ran up there, because, you know, kids, they make their stuff at school. Dad, look what I made at school. And it's, it's not good at all. We know it's not. <laughs> it's supposed to just be a hand drawing. Like, how's there seven feet? What happened? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You rock. Because what are we doing? We're applauding the effort. We're applauding what they put into it. And so we know how to bridle our tongue. We just choose not to. Because we're feeling a certain way. Well, I wasn't in the mood to talk. I wasn't in the mood to deal with this. So I let my opinion fly. And I, well, I'm just being honest. Just because you try to sprinkle it with Christianese, you're still sinning. Because the Bible teaches us to bridle our tongue. The Bible teaches us to not let only that is which is wholesome come out of the mouth. And it's amazing how we, we, we abuse that. We abuse it on social media. We abuse it in our families. Post what we want, share what we want. Then in relationships, because in America, you can date who you want, however you want. Your relationship can just apply to your understanding of relationship. That's abusing the freedom that God has given you. Because God says do not be unequally yoked with the unbeliever. God says hold on to your purity because I have something better for you. Ask any believer who's been walking with God. And in marriage, and they had relations before marriage, ask them, do they wish they could do it all over again? Because I know I do. I know I wish I would have waited and I would have had that only special thing between me and my wife. And nobody else would have known me that way. How special that would have been. And some of us, we're, we're jumping the gun because, you know, I just really feel like I need this right now. I would feel better if I had this, if I had that. You're trying... To satisfy your flesh. And you're not trusting what God has for you. I'm telling you, it's better. Take it from somebody who's made the mistake. Who tried to jump the gun. Who tried to satisfy his flesh. I've done it so many times. And only to find out later that what God had was better. I surrender the privileges that I have because I don't serve the Constitution. I don't serve the Constitution. I serve the King of Kings. I, I don't allow my emotions to get me wrapped up in politics and what's happening here and what's happening there. I don't serve politics. I serve the Lord of Lords. All the things of this earth will fade away. The Constitution, you cannot take with you anywhere else. It's like all these people, right, they go somewhere else and they find out the hard way. They go commit a crime in another country. Like, oh, I'm an American citizen. This is Mexico, so we don't care. And you find out really quick, those laws and those rights that you thought you have don't apply. But you know what applies everywhere? Just like MasterCard, the Word of God. I can take the Word of God anywhere. 
The word of God gives me freedom everywhere. I'm not just free because I'm in these four walls. Some of us, we're walking in freedom only when we're at church. You're on house arrest. You put yourself on spiritual house arrest. Because you walk out there and you walk around like a captive. Held bound to your sin, still chained. And you're like, if I could just make it back to church on Sunday. He says, I want to give you freedom. I want to give you life and life more abundantly. I'm here to restore your soul. I'm here to renew your life. I'm here to give you freedom. Freedom. True freedom. But we have to decide. We are given the choice to decide who you will serve. The Bible says you cannot have two masters. You will love one and hate the other. We are taught that friendship with the world is enmity with God. You don't belong to this world. You are not a citizen of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of Jesus. You need to be walking bold and stop walking in the lie. See, because the devil will try to whisper in your lie your sin. And he'll try to identify you by your sin. I know I've been, I've been talking a lot. You're like, man, freedom is hard, Pastor Max. You've been beating us up. Freedom is hard. But here's what you got to understand. You receive great benefits through the freedom of Christ. You receive benefits that are unbelievable. Way better than the VA. Trash. But the benefits you receive from Christ, the first thing, you get a new identity. You get a new identity. Did you hear me? And you ain't got to wait in line like you're getting a visa or a green card or a passport. It is given to you immediately. When you come before Jesus and you say, I accept you as Lord and Savior. Come into my life, be Lord of my life. But the requirement is that you believe in your heart. The belief in the heart is not a tingly feeling on the exterior. The belief in the heart is shown and demonstrated by my actions on a daily basis. When I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of my life, I'm going to walk different. I'm going to talk different. I'm going to move different. People are going to be uncomfortable to be around me. Like, what's different about this person? You're just all happy all the time. I ain't happy. I'm full of the joy of the Lord. Some of us, we don't want to say that because, like, man, people are going to look at me funny. I got the joy of the Lord. I'm going to say it. Yeah, life was hard, but I got the joy of the Lord. Yeah, my kid is in the hospital right now, but I got the joy of the Lord. Yeah, my bank account ain't looking too great, but I got the joy of the Lord. Yes, I'm under stress right now, but I got the joy of the Lord. Yes, sometimes I have fear, but I have the joy of the Lord. I'm a different person. I got a new identity. I wish, I wish they printed ID cards from heaven immediately. <laughs> Put that thing on a lanyard, walk around, bam! <laughs> but the new identity means this, you are dead to your old self. Stop walking back in the graveyard trying to dig yourself up. Leave it down in the ground. Lock it, burn it. Get rid of it. Stop dwelling in graveyards. You're meant to walk in freedom in your new identity. Here's the second thing that you get. You get a healthcare package like no other. Better than Kaiser, better than Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Obamacare, or whatever else is out there. No HMOs, people. I don't even know all the acronyms. You ain't got to deal with that. No lines. But God, I need you right now. 
And here's the great thing about our healthcare, it heals from the inside out. He's not just here for your ankle, he's here for your anxiety as well. He's not just here to cure your cancer, he's here to cure your fear as well. The diabetes, he wants to take away depression. He wants to take away doubt. And all these things can be healed instantly. Walking in him and abiding in him. We are healed. We are made new. We are restored. That's the freedom that I want. And that's what we receive. You get to be healed and made brand new. Isn't that awesome? What else do we receive, Pastor Max? Tell me something else. Those things sound good, but I want something else. Good, I'm glad you do. You should desire more. But your desire should be of God. God, what do you have for me? I want whatever you have for me. I don't want the things of this world. See, we receive the things of God when we want the things of God. Set your desires on him and not on things that are material that will only fade away. Here's something else that he gives you. He gives you gifts to fulfill his will. He blesses us with spiritual gifts, miraculous gifts to do his work upon the earth. Some of us, we took that gift and we put it up on the shelf somewhere in the house and it's collecting dust. Some of us took the gift, I don't really use it, throw it in the back of the closet and we forgot that it's even there. And the Bible says that the gifts of the spirit are irrevocable. Meaning what I've given to you, I have given to you, it is yours to use. The only reason it's not happening in your life, because you left it in the closet. But I'm blessing you with gifts, and I want to give you more. I want to bless you abundantly. I want you to do more, but you got to want to do more. Some of us, we're not understanding words. We're sitting in cages, and the gate's wide open. He's like, you can walk out whenever you want to. Warden already walked through with the key, opened the door. It's like, there's a whole route there. We're like... But I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's there to hurt me. I don't, I don't understand. Why. What, if, what if it puts me in another trap? What if, this, what if I leave here and it's a worse situation? What's worse than the prison that you were in? That you've been begging God to get you out of? God, I've been praying for you to get me out of the situation. Like, I'm showing you. Follow me. I'm leading you out. Put your trust in him. Your faith in him. Here you see a standing walking testimony of somebody who's been set free, delivered. Before that, I was broken, I was crushed, but I was restored. I am a full living testimony of the power of God. You, can, you don't believe me? Sit there and ask these people right here because they saw it. They saw the journey. They know me since I was 21, 22 years old. They watched me battle PTSD. They watched me battle anger. They watched me battle infidelity and lust. They watched me battle anger. But they led me through it and they never gave up hope. Their prayers and their faith is what was allowing me to move forward. See, some of us with all these things going on in the world, we're starting to cower. Oh, my God, look what's happening on the news. Oh, my God, you see that on social media. I can't believe this is happening. What should we do? Pray. What should we do? Get in your word. Why is the church running and tucking tail when we should be picking up a sword? Why are we hiding in fear when the word of God tells us that we are more than conquerors? 
I'm tired of a fragile church. I'm tired of an oh, woe is me church. That is not the God that we serve. That is not who we receive power from, divine power. We are here so that we can set others free. The Bible says it was for freedom, you have been set free. I want you to hear that because sometimes we read that like that didn't really make sense. Of course, it was for freedom that we were set free. What else would be for? No, no, no. It was for freedom that you were set free. It was for freedom that you were set free. It's so that others in our lives can be set free when we walk in the freedom that God has given us. We show others that it is possible to be set free. It is possible to be delivered from addiction. It is possible. It is possible. All you guys are testimonies of the possibility of Christ. But the beautiful thing about it, it's not just a possibility, it's a guarantee. Walk in freedom. Abide in freedom. Abide in his word. Abide in faith. Trust in him with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And I promise you, he will meet you right there and lead you the rest of the way. Always stand to our feet this morning. If you've been walking back into your cage, if you've been afraid to go and get the gift out of the closet, and put it to use, if you've been struggling with abiding in his word, if you believe the life, anything I said here today is resonating in your spirit and you know the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to come and get before me and lay it down at the altar. Bring your chains and lay them down at the altar because when you lay them at the altar, they will be burned away, never to be picked up again. If that's you in this place, you say, Pastor, I want to walk in freedom. Pastor, I want to abide in freedom. Pastor, I want to leave that place and never return again. If that's you, I want you to get up out of your seat. I want you to come down to this altar right now. I want you to get up. Do not hesitate. Do not wait. You know what the Holy Spirit has been been waiting for you to come. You know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Sometimes we're waiting for everybody else to get out. You know what you need. You know the deliverance that you need. You know the freedom that you need. Some of us were questioning, I don't, I don't know, that's a long walk, I got to cut through some people. Listen, if you don't have that hunger to be free, you will remain a slave. Right here, right now, you begin to speak out to God. You begin to pray out to God. The words that are on your lips come from him and go to his ear. Speak it out now. Confess your faith now. Confess the sin now. Lay it down. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to the shame. Don't hold on to the brokenness right now. Speak with your mouth. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Come around. Come around. Make some room. Jesus, have your way in this place. We come against fear in this place. We come against anxiety and worry in this place. We come against sin. We come against shame. Let us be the church you called us to be. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. Begin to speak it out, church. If you're still in, in your pews, I want you to stretch your hands forward. As they go to war, you go to war with them. You lift your shields of faith. You lift your words and you pray over them. You don't have to know exactly what it's going through, but we're going to be the body of believers together. And we're going to pray over each other. We're going to guide each other. We're going to be brothers. Christ the way we're meant to be, amen.
Lift your voice. Lift your voice. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Lift it up to heaven. Rafa of the presence of God in our lives. We have to fight for His presence. We have to learn how to steward His presence. 
not just in our churches, but in our homes, at our jobs, when we're around our children, on the playground, when we're with our families. If God never leaves us or forsakes us, then we have to be quickened in our spirit that every single moment of our lives, He is with us. And we need to honor His presence by the way we steward His presence. And give Him every room. Give Him every thought. Give Him every part of our lives. Give Him our family, our children, our children's children, our careers, our businesses, our friends, our community. We have to give everything over to Him. Jesus, thank you so much for your holy presence in this place. Thank you, Father for inhabiting the praises of your people, for making your dwelling with us as temples of the Most High God. We are forever grateful and we will serve you with everything that's within us because you are who is within us. To you and you alone be all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Somebody say amen. Come on. God, you're so good. Woo. I just sense a fresh wind in this place. I just feel a fresh wind in this place, and we have to continue to contend for it, church. We'd like to do one more thing in honor of what God is doing here at Restoration Life LA and throughout our church plants and our campus. Uh, what we would like to do is we would like to continue with our support of our Heart for Atlanta. Now, I want to let you know that we are getting ready to open our doors to our Sunday morning service later on this year in Atlanta because there's such great momentum happening there. And so, of course, the golf tournament that we're putting on, that's to support Atlanta. Not just for us to gather and have fun and play games. That's a big part of it. But at the end of the day, the reason why we're going to go out there is because we want to support what God is doing in Atlanta financially. And I know that there are so many of us here that have committed ourselves to supporting Heart for Atlanta. I want us to finish strong this year. Maybe you're new to Restoration Life and you've met Pastor Max for the very first time and you're like, man, I want to be a part of what God's doing in Atlanta. I, I want to give towards what God is doing in Atlanta. I want to see, listen, 104 years ago, there were foundational families here in this church that sacrificed and paved the way for all of us to be here 100 years later. I believe that it's our turn, that it is our turn to pave the way, not just for the future generations of this house, but the future generations that are going to be reached through Pastors Max and Teresa and the Atlanta team. And we want you to give what God has put on your heart to give. Now, we support them on a monthly basis. The first time we've ever launched out full-time ministers with the whole team. And we want to see God move. But how many know it takes finances? I mean, if I wish, I, 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 trust me, I'm a fisherman. I go fishing all the time. I've read the Bible. I saw Jesus call fish from the lake with coins in their mouth. 
So I'm like, God, send me some white sea bass. <laughs> With a treasure trove. Trust me, I'm believing God for it. But you know who God uses? God uses his faithful. God uses those that he's blessed to be a blessing. Let's be a blessing today. You can find the QR code right here on the app text to give everything that we give today. We'll go for heart for Atlanta and the Yule family fulfilling the mission to finish the fight. Come on, in Atlanta, amen? So let me pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for every heart that's in this place. Thank you for every family that makes up this beautiful church called Restoration Life. We're so honored by the family of believers, the community of believers here. God, I pray that as they pray about what to give out of the generosity of their heart, God, that they would be faithful to you, that they would honor you, and that, God, that you would multiply this offering, not just for Atlanta. We believe that you're going you're gonna to provide. It's your church. You're going to provide for Atlanta. We also want you to bless the giver, Lord God. Provide for them in a miraculous way. Let them see how powerful your generosity really is. And God, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a big shout of praise. Give somebody a big high five. We'll see you next Sunday right here at Restoration Life. And if you're new, go visit our VIP booth. We have a gift to give you. We love you.